What's up? Welcome in. It is another Bears losing Monday. This one feels a little bit worse than the others, though, on the CHGO Bears podcast presented by Points. Wow, that's the first time I did that. Wow. I don't even know why that happened. It did. I'm literally reading something else that says something different. You've been traveling. You're out of your Draft element right Kings, now. DraftKings, our favorite sportsbook, America's just, number just one baby. <laughs> We just played ping pong. You're, you're, you're not... You're you're not you got a lot going on. Yeah, you know what? No excuses. Play like a champion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new year, new you. It, it, this show, of course, is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. To be honest, what's really distracting me today? Um, I'm going to blame Justin Jefferson for that too. Did Adam Schefter tweet about you? <laughs> no, but you thought he did. You know what Hogue did, Woot. <laughs> He did some weird screen cropping maneuvering uh, and made a Schefter tweet about his fantasy football team and showed it to me today. And I literally bought into the fact that Schefter tweeted about Hogue's fantasy team. And I got to say, I've been with Adam for about 90 minutes today and I felt really dumb like it six <laughs> times. So it's been a rough start to the Monday. <laughs> Why hey, Schefter's more worried about Adam's fantasy than anything else. Reporting all the news and all that, the playoff picture. He's worried about the fantasy. Fantasy only, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I Hey, secretly, if you really pay attention to what those guys report, a lot of it has to do with fantasy football and gambling. Really? Think uh, about what they tweet. On the weekends. Who's playing? Who's not? Think yeah. about what the news is that's really being reported. Everybody's worried about the wallet. Everybody's worried about their ego. Everybody's worried about putting up W's in whatever way they can do it. Look, Karm watched 60 Fantasy's minutes last night. Fantasy's a billion-dollar industry, right? So, yeah, they're yeah. worried about that. I'll it is a lot of money. Karm watched 60 minutes last night, so he's been very depressing this morning. Three in the morning, Woot. I wake up. <laughs> I like I was went to bed exhausted. Went out and saw the Wildcats after doing our you know couple of shows yesterday and I've been watching 41 to 10. I was excited to, like, Get away from that. It's 32 to 8 Ohio State after six minutes of basketball. I'm like, Oof. this is death. Uh, and so then I get home. I fall right to sleep. Three in the morning, wake up. Hit my head up my YouTube. Rise and shine. And, I, and I, I'm like, well, what did they do yesterday at 60 minutes? Oh, they talked about how we're on the verge of extinction. And <laughs> Wait, so you had to watch the Bears? Watch Northwestern basketball and then watch a, yeah, 60 minutes about extinction? Ex- like, like, like it's to the car. It's a done deal. We're out of here in the next, I don't know, 68 years over. There's going to be no fish left. The birds are going to have nothing to eat. And we've been telling you this since 1968 and no one's listened. And, and I was like, sweet, <laughs> let's go do the bear show at noon. Let's talk about what's really important, figuring out whether or not Justin Fields can actually play quarterback. Yeah, come on. Priorities here, let's guys. Come Extinction. on. <laughs> All right. Anyway, apologies <laughs> for the slip up at the beginning of the show. But uh, we are here. We are ready to go. Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Corey Wooten with you. Um, different feel this Monday, right? Hard to call this one a tank win when it looked no, that the, bad. Yeah. Woot, jump in here. But, I, it, it, you know, you've done the rewatch. I've done the reread. And the numbers are just kind of alarming and... I think everybody is very much sobered up on how much work Ryan Poles is going to have to do this offseason to get the Bears headed in the right direction uh, in, in any yeah, I mean, rapid form. Yeah, they got their ass kicked in every phase of the game, to be honest with you. Uh, watched it again, and it, it just makes me feel worse about the situation. Like, I felt good about Braxton Jones before this game. I know it's only one game, but 
it's really concerning that that a guy that's really not that big manhandled him. So we might have to do left tackle. I, I really, I really don't know. There's a lot of needs to, to fill on the offensive line. Uh, you know, definitely potentially both tackle positions, another guard. We got to see what Tevin Jenkins' future is with this neck. Hopefully it's it's nothing uh, too alarming. Um, defensive line, we need four four new guys in there. Um, we need a number one receiver. So there's there's a lot of needs right there. And uh, yeah, th- after, like most of the games, we felt pretty good about Justin Fields. And hey, there's a couple things that we need to improve on. And hey, the offensive line struggled, but he was holding the ball a little too much at times. Like uncharacteristic, like the one Houston uh, strip sack, Justin Fields was so lax- lackadaisical with it. He's just he just didn't have any urgency. Normally, he he turn and run, hit that for about five to seven yards, maybe get out of bounds, live to play another down. But he was just, just – something seemed off with him. You know, just his demeanor, especially after that one run like we talked yesterday. And uh, I think people are thinking like, yeah, next year we're going to fill all these needs and then all of a sudden we're going to go to a Super Bowl. But it's a rebuild. Like, you know, even myself, I, I got – a little too excited. Okay, in in this offseason, we're going to build it back up, and and then all of a sudden, we're going to be able to compete. But it's it's probably going to be a two year process, right? I think next year they'll be very competitive, right? Don't get me wrong. Depending on what needs they can fill, but I think it's going to take a full two years to really get to where we want to be, or where Bears fans, where analysts want the Bears to be. I mean, two years feels optimistic at this point, to be honest, on this particular Monday, right? <laughs> well, there, there's a lot of work to do, and that it was kind of the gist of my postgame column that I wrote from Detroit yesterday on allchgo.com, which is like, look, Ryan Poles tearing the roster down was the easy part. Like, yep, we could have done that, right? I mean, anybody could have taken all the money, the dead cap, and 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 done that part of it. The hard part is now just starting. You got to build it all back up. And this whole season was about what do you have with the quarterback? What else do you have to start with? And I think the answers, and we're going to get into the quarterback here a little bit more in depth, but the answers to those questions is really you got an exciting quarterback that still has a ways to go and not a whole lot of other answers. Not as many as you probably hoped you were going to get. And... We've been asking the question, you kind of specifically are honing in on this, and then there's more conversation around with people that have covered the team for a long time, like our guy Brad Biggs, 10, 10 Things, mentioning things like, are the Bears all in on, on Justin Fields? Do they really believe him when you look at the passing numbers and he's averaged 149 and a half yards a game? How could they possibly be all in? But then you kind of start to wonder, like, people who have covered the team for a long time taking those angles when they tend to be pretty informed. And how much of that is coming from within the organization? Maybe none, maybe some. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much it, of it is, but I do think it's fair to at least, without causing too much panic, think critically about the idea of, you know, we're, we seem to all be assuming that everybody's in love with Justin Fields going forward because I think we are. I know I, I am. Most Bears fans are, right? But really the only opinions that matter are those of the GM and the people in the front office because they're ultimately the ones steering this ship. I wanted to share this quote. You mentioned Brad Biggs. Biggs had this in his 10 thoughts. It's actually from Ryan Poles' um, 
pregame interview that he does on WBBM. Um, but credit to Biggs for, for listening and hearing this, but he shared it in his column this morning. The, the quote is from Ryan Poles on Justin Fields and why they're playing, why it's so important to play him here down the stretch, which I know you guys talked a lot about yesterday. But he said, I think just elevate his game in the passing game, the two-minute drills, end of half, obviously to start games. He's been outstanding. He's shown ability to make a ton of plays with his legs. No one questions his playmaking ability. But really growing as a passer is going to be the next step. And we can accomplish that now and obviously into the future as we continue to grow. Remember, this is a quote from before yesterday's game. So I think it adds a little bit more context to answering that question of why Fields was playing all the way to the end, why it's important that they think that they want him to play all the way to the end of these games and play next week against the Vikings. Corey, what do you think? What, what, when you see that quote and how they handled Fields yesterday, do you get the sense that they're, they're still sort of in evaluation mode with him? Uh, I, I don't think they're in evaluation mode necessarily if he's going to be the guy of the future. I think, I think they're banking on him. I think they definitely want him to improve as a passer. But I kind of just don't like that quote in general because I look at it, right, and I look at – like, let's just say you swap Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields right now, right? Would Jalen Hurts be doing what he's doing in Philly here? No. Would Aaron Rodgers be doing, you know, what he normally does here? No. Like, we have arguably the worst wide receiver core. That's no disrespect to them. So it just it just kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way of him saying that because you put Justin Fields in this position, Ryan Poles. You are the captain of, of this franchise, right? And you put him in a position – with really no weapons. Darnell Mooney, you know, has probably been, and, and St. Brown have been the best receivers, but are, they're, they're probably number two and threes. So for me, I it just rubs me the wrong way because I feel like you know what he has out there, and especially after everything that's going on, I feel like he should have been pulled in that game. Um, but I think I, I, there is reps that need to be done, and I thought the first half was great. You know, starting out the third quarter, but after that, I thought he should have been pulled because I, I think there's nothing to gain at this point, especially when your O-line is makeshift. He was he was a little bit tired and banged up, seemed a little injured. So I didn't think there was anything to get out of that in, in that second half in particular. If we're talking about what people are saying, I would like to give Justin Fields a gold star for everything he said after the game. His reaction and his leadership around Chase Claypool – we don't need that. Spoke to him. That was excellent. His, I want to be out there no matter what. I don't care if it's 41 to 10. We are still going to compete. These are the things you want to hear from your quarterback. Now, the coaching staff could have protected the quarterback from himself and kept him off the field. But the fact that he wants to be out there with his guys and be that leader, this is all impressive stuff. However, you know, in the, if, but if I'm the quarterback – and I'm reading that quote from Poles. If I'm Justin Fields, I don't love that quote. Like I, 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 I'd be, I, I, it would, it would take me a second to ground myself and be like, okay, water off the duck's back. He doesn't mean that he doesn't believe in me. He's just talking about how I got to get better, or I, or I, or or the or the whole team has to get better. Like it would be a little bit of a challenge for me not to take that personally if I was Fields. But I, I don't know. To me, it's obvious. 
Sure. It, when I mean, he, and, the, and there were plenty of compliments in that quote, too. It was just... He's got to get better in the passing game. Right. Well, depend like these, but these guys, they, they all pick out the little parts of like, what, what do you mean I got to get better in the passing game? Did you not see me at Ohio State? Do you see the talent that you put around me? I like everything that Woots. Well, and that's all fair. That's all fair. But I do think to Woots' point earlier, when you look at specific moments from this game yesterday, it just wasn't good enough. Like, I know people <laughs> was, don't want to hear that. It wasn't close can, to Can enough. I tell you the play that disturbed me? And, and by the way, I agree with you on the play you brought up where. I, I mean, one of its one uh, one thing is just like awareness. Eventually, some, like the the clock's got to go off. There's someone coming, man, from behind. It, it, you just got to know that instinctually. But also, if you look at where he was at that on the field, he's basically at the line of scrimmage, and he's not really showing an intention to either throw the ball or run with it. He just looked totally indecisive there, and the whole thing developed too slow. But the play that really Honestly, kind of pissed me off today when I went back and watched it. And I don't really know how I didn't put two and two together from the press box yesterday and, and realize it until I had to go back and watch it. But when it's third and two, or third and goal from the two, I should say. Mm-hmm. Here come, yeah. And they run this sort of trick play where they, they put Riley Reef to the left side as an eligible tackle, and just the play doesn't work. Fine. Like, okay, cool, man. Now, some have pointed out Cole Komet was open, working his way back across field, and guess what? He was. And Fields didn't have his head up as he's running to the left, and that's a little bit of a negative there too. But regardless of even that, I can give him that he didn't see that. Okay. You can't run out of bounds for a three-yard sack on third and goal from the two. I mean, this is... This is stuff Mitch Trubisky did. This is quarterback 101. You have to throw the ball away. If it's fourth and two, you probably go for it at the, yep. at the goal line. But instead, you're at the five, and it's not as easy to go for it because if you don't get it, they're not pinned up against the goal line. I, I just couldn't believe that that's what he did in that situation. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's frustration. Right. That's exactly what it is. You look at what Aaron Rodgers was dealing with early in the season. I think Justin Fields has a little bit of that right now. Right. With everything with the offensive line, the receivers not catching the ball at times. I think it's just just frustration. Like he just didn't seem like he was into that game at all. That was the first time uh, with the exception of maybe the uh, commanders game where I I looked at him and I was like, "Mm, something's a little off here. Right. And and I think as, as a competitor, you do get frustrated at times, and, and he's banged up, he's injured, they're not catching, he's getting hit, um, all this and, and one. And, and if you're out there, you got to give it your all, regardless of, of everything that's going there. But I think he's frustrated um, at, at this point in the season. And, and, and Drew brings up a good point here that I wanted to go to next as well. Drew Black in the comments says, Fields was gassed on that play. It's not an excuse, but it was apparent. And he's right. That was after the really, really long run, and he was clearly tired. So this is where, and I want to bring this up multiple times, like over and over and over again, that it has to be drilled into everybody's hands, that we get it, everybody heads, not hands. It's everything, right? It's the lack of weapons around them. It's the protection. It's the coaching. But it's also, some of it's on the quarterback. That's all we're saying here. But great point. He's tired. Everybody in the building could see it. It's the first quarter. Call timeout. Yeah. Exactly. Come on, coach. Call timeout. 
it's a huge play, third and goal from the two, if, especially if you got this thing dialed up that you've been working on, you know, and it doesn't work, what's your fallback? If your quarterback's gassed, first quarter, call time out. I just, it, it, so it's everything to me. That's fair. They could have called time. You look at the play calling in that sequence, too. That was the time when they ran QB power. Is that the same drive or is that a different drive? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I want to say that was the – actually, that might have been the play right before that. No, I think, that, that, I, that, was, that was the, the first play, I, I think. Uh, right, first I think it was second, the play yeah. – I, I think it was in that sequence, so now he's running the other way. And, yes, he should have his wits about him. He should throw the ball out of bounds. I get all that. You're right. It was the actually it was the play right before that. Yeah. So yep. again, I think this goes to the coach. So he then. just ran sixty yards. He ran now, sixty yards. You do a direct snap to David Montgomery on first down. He gets six. So now it's now you're at the three. They try that keeper to the right. QB power. The yeah. QB power doesn't work. So Runs into a brick wall. He's tired. Now, he got hit. He, you know. Yeah, and. And remind me again, I, I'm trying to remember, are we in, a, in the middle of a tank? Is this not the most uh, dynamic, valued asset? Didn't David Montgomery average four yards a carry yesterday and Khalil Herbert averaged whatever he averaged, five, five point something? Come on, man. This is, is what is this, 1978, painting left, painting right, painting up the middle punt for those who are aware of that era? Come on, man, you, let, let's, not, let's not put him in that position. Uh, and, and, yes, okay, fine, Fields needs to throw the ball away. But uh, on another point, just the commit part of this, as far as him getting better, he still is not seeing, seeing the field, I don't, I don't think, at least at times for sure, at an elite level. Like that is Fields? Yes. Yeah. He's not. Uh, there, you, see, you see when you watch the tape, you see guys running open more, plenty of times that he doesn't, he's not seeing it. So, exactly. I think a lot of it's tired. Like I, I, I truly don't know if his body was fully prepared for this 17 game season. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a grind, and especially he's running a lot more than he did last year in, in the limited action. So, um, yeah, it's. It, I, I think this off season is going to be big for him conditioning wise too. You know, I, I think he he's in great shape. Don't get me wrong. He's jacked. He's, but I think he really needs to train himself to get ready for this 17-week season plus the playoffs at this point because it's a whole different beast, especially when you're running like like Lamar Jackson. Next year, I don't know, you know, if they get the weapons and everything, I don't think he'll be running this much. I think he'll that'll always be a part of his game. But I think I'm hoping it'll be more like a Jalen Hurts, right? When you can run, run, right? But most of the time, we're going to try to pass the ball down the field, and it's all about the weapons. So I'm hoping that Ryan Poles can model – this team after the Eagles, because look what they've been able to do with Jalen Hurts. And I think Justin Fields is more talented than Jalen Hurts, right? It's all about putting the the weapons around him and offensive line. That's why I think Philly will go far when Jalen Hurts gets healthy is because they have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line and they have weapons that can go up and get those 50-50 balls. So it makes everything a lot easier as a quarterback. So, you know, if we're prioritizing what we need in the offseason, I, hands down, I think we definitely need the defensive line. But if, if Justin Fields is the future of your franchise, you got to get everything on offense ready to go for him. Don't you guys agree? Like if, if, if you're banking on him to be the future of the franchise, you got to make sure that you get him that number one. You got to make sure you get him that left tackle that you feel great about, right? I, I think you got you to take care of those. And obviously there's other needs 
But I think if if you're prioritizing and you feel great about him for the future, you got to get that done. You're making me think about his his work ethic, which is extremely strong. I mean, every time we're out there, they let the media in. Fields is still on the field doing extra work, working on his chemistry with his receivers, working on his timing, doing all that. And I have no idea what's too much. I'm not a trainer. I don't know the answer to these things. But I wonder if he's thinking about it. Like, am I working too hard during the week that's making me tired on Sundays? I, I'm not sure. You know, I think there's probably there's all questions yeah, yeah. that he might have to consider. Yeah, there's a whole balance about figuring out what works for your body. And I think this is a good training tool for him for the future. Like, hey, I'm working out a little bit too much during the week. I got to get a little more massage. I got to get a little more stretching, a little more recovery. Because you look at what he's been in most of the games, he's been cramping up. He's had IVs, you know multiple times. Um, so I think it's something about a learning experience of how to attack every game next year. And, and Karim, I agree with you 100%. He's a hard worker. He does everything the right way. But it, but there's a difference between knowing exactly what to do to get your body ready for Sunday. All right. Um, and I think this is a great point. We talked about a pregame and, you know, how, how his speed is how tired are his legs, and I, I, you know, he had those two big runs early, and then I, I think that may have he, affected him. He, he'd be a lot less tired if he was just dropping back into the pocket and slinging it all around. Yeah. He would. Plus, he, at he, some point, he took a weird hit, too, on his hip that he talked about post game. I think that was the play where Rex and Jones got sacked into him, which is never good when your left tackle gets sacked into you. Um, <laughs> the, the old double sack. Yeah. You must have loved that Woot, when you got one of those. You just take the tackle oh, and you man. sack the quarterback with the tackle. Yeah, I, I did that in college against your uh, alma mater, Wisconsin, oh. against the, against the right tackle, man. I I, I, I sacked him with the – yeah, this, there's, no, there's no feeling. You feel like the manliest man you could ever <laughs> – your own guy sacked you, buddy. <laughs> Was that against, uh, uh, against John Stocko? No, no, it was um, shoot. Who was after John Stockham? I'm drawing Tyler a blank Donovan? here. In uh, oh, oh, nine, oh, nine. I think that would be Tyler Donovan. I mean, every Wisconsin quarterback is uh, the same guy. Who cares? Unless it's Russell Wilson, it's the same guy. <laughs> Fun fact about Tyler Donovan, though, that's the quarterback uh, they use in uh, Draft Day, the movie. You know, when Wisconsin suddenly has uh, a number one overall pick at quarterback, which is probably, of all the premises in that movie, not realistic. That's number one. Um, but they <laughs> use footage from Tyler Donovan at Ohio State that game. They made it. And okay. they made it Bo Callahan. Kevin Fishbane, fun fact. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, what does it say when you're in 11 personnel and the Lions are just in their base defense over and over again? <laughs> Explain that for yeah. somebody who doesn't. <laughs> so, that, so three wide receivers out there, that's typically yep. when you go nickel and you bring in the extra DB. Yeah. And Cole Komet said this postgame too. It's like, yeah, they just were basically in their base defense. They, they weren't scared at all of their passing threat. I mean, it was obvious. Uh, they were pinning their ears back. They they had a great plan, right? Like, hats off to Detroit because this was a different ball club defensively than we saw the first time. They made adjustments. You look at all the boots. Aiden Hutchinson was matching Justin Fields every time. And, yeah, Justin Fields wasn't the same player that he was, you know, last time we played Detroit. His legs weren't there. So I, I think, you know, if Justin Fields was 100%, him one-on-one on one and Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson is athletic. 
but he had no chance against him. Even if he matches him, I think Justin Fields still hits the corner. But they just had a great plan, and they were fired up. They had a bad loss coming off Carolina. And when you were talking about the predictions for the games, Carm and Nick were like, oh, yeah, the Bears. But I knew coming off that bad loss against Carolina where it would have made things a lot easier for them to make the playoffs, I knew they were going to be fired up. And Justin Fields got the better of them last time. They, they were going to be fired up to shut him down. And he started out hot against them early on with the runs. And after that, they were like, nope, not up in here. Hey, hey Woot, I, I'm, I got to be honest for my guy, Nick. The fact that you would underline that Nick picked the li- the Bears to beat the Lions, that's unfortunate. I didn't hear the other guy that you <laughs> named in that. Uh, <laughs> Mark Carmen, right there. The, the guy yeah, the guy in yeah. the blue zip-up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just uncalled for, Woot. I mean, you got everybody – you know, has to have a little optimism on this team every now and then. Okay, fine. I was a complete idiot, but uh, I'm so worried the Bears were going to win. I was, I'm, and I'm worried they're going to win this week too. Uh, just... Vegas is clearly the worried about it too. Off a bad loss to the Green Bay Packers. They're going to be fired up, ready to go. They're playing for for a potential spot seating. So they, it, it is weird, though. Corey. I got to say, it, it is bizarre. That everything you just said is true, but Vegas has the Vikings as a one-point favorite. That it's it seems like what they're expect Uno. yeah they're expecting the Vikings to to tank this game or or not tank it but not not try to win it because interesting I I I I I for I disagree with that for two things now they Vegas must know something because they don't just throw out bizarre spreads like this without some type of information, but one. Um, you know, I still think hosting a divisional playoff game against the 49ers is better than having to go out west. Uh, unless they want to avoid the Packers. Because here's the thing. You get the two seed, you're playing the Packers most likely. This is, and I, the I, Packers I, just killed them. So maybe they want to be lo- – lo- but at the same time – Vegas can't put that into it, right? Vegas can't, like, think of it Vegas. That- I don't know. And here's the other thing, too. Like – so what? You want a home game against the Giants, which is if you're the three seed, what you get? That came down to a 61-yard field goal. That exact game came down to a 61-yard field goal at the end just two weeks ago. Yep. There's no, the, the Giants could still win that game. So to me, I'm more worried about getting everything wrong. I'm talking about the Vikings now. Everything that's going wrong right now, I'm trying to get a nice – easy win over a bad Bears team and roll in the playoffs that way. I, I, at least that's how I would handle it, Corey, because right now I don't feel like I'm good enough to win one playoff game, and, and we got to fix a lot of stuff. Exactly. Like I think this is the criticism. Remember how I was talking about Kirk Cousins is not even in the MVP conversation, right? His stats have been up there. But he always has these games, you know, when, when stuff's on the line, right? The Packers are fighting for their playoff lives, and they absolutely smoke Kirk Cousins. Them, he's turning the ball over. I think he had three picks in the game, and so no one's no one's believing in him. So they're they're going to come come back and try to bounce back against the Bears, right? And get playoff ready, right? And I think they're they're definitely going to try to win this game because them at home, they they play pretty well at home on the road. I, I'm not buying the Vikings at all. So I think they're going to try to maximize their position and try to get that home field advantage this week. But, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins is a guy that I've always said during the year, he's great, everything's good. And then all of a sudden when you put the pressure on him in the playoffs, he kind of struggles a little bit. So that's that's why I'm not buying them to, to make a run for the Super Bowl. But I think they could potentially 
you know, win in that first round if they're at home because that place gets rocking. You know, they got two talented pass rushers, you know, with that silent count on the opposing team. Um, that could be a good situation for them. If you want to be optimistic about the Bears right now, just look at the NFC playoff picture. By the, and the Duke, good to see you, Duke. We missed you yesterday, Duke. I was I, I didn't sleep well last night because the Duke wasn't in the chats yesterday. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, well, here I, he is. And, and I, that, but it's great to you know the Duke is here in two, in 2023. But look at the NFC. The Bears are having an actual impact here because they knocked Jalen Hurts out. Uh, they've had back-to-back losses with Minshew. The e- how healthy is Hurts coming back? The Eagles are no dominant one-seed favorite. Tom Brady's having a miraculous recovery, and Mike Evans is coming out of nowhere, so like the Bucks are turning into like a little bit of a sexy pick. So are the Packers if they can beat the Lions. Maybe this is some miracle Green Bay finish. Uh, who the the Brock Purdy is starting for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, who the, the Vikings are getting walloped and look, they're limping into the playoffs. Who in the world in the NFC are you are you afraid of right now? Let alone next year. Like it's this is this conference is wide the hell open. I've been talking about this for a while. I'm not the only one, but it. Just, I mean, the playoffs field is as wide open as possible. All right, if the Dukes come in with a $99 super chat, we're getting to it right away. Sorry, I missed <laughs> yesterday. Family in town. My take is Braxton needs to bulk up to be an NFL left tackle and outside of a very few guys on this team. I think everyone needs to compete to earn back their spot next year. I don't see many positions that have starting spots locked. I agree with you, Duke. I agree with you. And despite yesterday, a couple very, very bad reps for Braxton Jones, I still feel the same way. I I think, you know, Woot's been on this all season accurately about him having to get stronger you know, the the play, as bad as some of those bull rushes were, the pitch back to fields, if you watch Braxton Jones, yes, it's on a defensive back, but the dude shows you his athleticism and ability because he, he kicks to the outside and demolishes the DB they had to block there. So it wasn't all bad. There were a couple really awful plays, but I, I still think the dude can be a starter that being said, I don't think he's done enough where if a cornerstone left tackle all of a sudden is available in free agency or in the draft, I think I'm still taking that guy, Corey. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think it could be a win-win, right? Because if he bulks up, you know, you were saying, oh, I, I don't know if he's strong enough for the right side. But if he bulks up, all of a sudden he's a, he's an option at right tackle. Then you got your cornerstone at left tackle. Then you got two younger guys or, or guys that are going to be there for – three to five years, which which could be a good thing. But I think Braxton Jones needs to go to like a powerlifting coach, low key. I, all, all, the, all the guys I played with for the Bears around the league, that's what they do in the offseason. They would train, you know, at Poliquin performance, and they do heavy, heavy weights, low reps, which gets you really strong. You know, that's something that helped me in my career too. And Braxton Jones needs to do that. You know, he really needs to focus. He has all the athleticism. And the thing is, it'll make him even more explosive when he starts doing those movements. You know, the deadlifts, the power cleans, things like that is going to get him strong. Um, and then with the Duke saying about, you know, starting spots for next year, let's talk about it right now. Who who are somebody you think is locked in? Obviously, I think Justin Fields, um, Jalen Jones, right? Uh, Sandlocker, uh, as Braggs likes to say. Um, Jalen Jones. Tyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. Um and then uh, Eddie Jackson's kind of up in the air, I guess, right? Depending on w- w- what they're going to do with him, right? I guess I guess it's going to be a money decision. Um, 
what they're going to do with him. It's a good question. Let's let's discuss this. First, we've got to take a quick break, but I, I, li- I like the topic because I was doing this actually yesterday, what, trying to write my column. Like, wait a minute, how many pieces are actually here for next year? That 2.6 pieces. 2.6 pieces. All right, well, um, you know – not all gloomy out there it isn't you know i could i could use some, some i had a bl- beautiful flight home today got above the fog in detroit and all of a sudden the sun's out nice sunrise needed my shady rays on on the airplane why didn't you go uh, Amtrak? just ride the rail uh, i've taken look ride the rail relax shout out amtrak in the sleeping car i did that one time coming back from detroit yeah it took like six and a half hours to do something that should be a four-hour drive this isn't working. Did you go bar car, hang out? You need to get on that bullet train. I, I don't think so. I'm taking. I did that in France. That was dope. We well, we went. We talked about that's this. What we, need, that's what we need to run here. We need. We need New, that. We need that in the U.S. We need we that for sure. That. New, New Year's resolution 2023. I'm taking the Amtrak somewhere. First okay, choice right I, now is. I recommend Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe Minnesota. Little, little. I've never been to uh, Williams Another Arena. Another route that's just not very efficient. Trust me, I've looked at it with my family up there. It's like I, an I'm not eight worried, hour train ride. Not worried about efficiency. I just want to. I want to. I want to sit on that thing and not have to think about literally anything else. All I'm doing is staring out the window for the next eight hours of my life. Okay. Um, you can do it on an airplane. It'll take forty five minutes. <laughs> But then I got to get back to my life in 45. Let me, let me talk about Shady Rays yeah, please here. Do. Okay, they, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change that. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, durability, styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays is the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you lose or... Br- Break your shades on day one. They told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. And even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that we could all tell you with our Shady Rays are just as good as any expensive pair that that are out there. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. They stand behind their product. They told our team that if anyone has a problem, they will throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. So right now, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. If you use code CHGO for 50% off, two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. That's right. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Shady Rays! All right. New goals for 2023. One is to uh, play more ping pong with both of you. Uh, Woot's underrated, by the way. He's got uh, he's got a little aggressive backhand situation. Hogue was working on the backhand right before the show. I was just trying to wake up. Uh, yeah, you well, you did a great job. And get a loose, get some ping pong. After we get the ping pong done, which, by the way, Khalil Herbert's got a new ping pong table. We're going to hit that tomorrow. Herbert has an invitation to come to CHGO. He can also play some Chi-Town Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Goes great with ping pong, goes great with anything else. These are the digitally designed sweet boards covered in vinyl, painted that you want to have to spice up your tailgate, spice up your corporate outings. Chi-Town Cornhole is veteran-owned and operated, and, yeah, great wedding gifts, this is a gift, really, for all occasions, tailgating, obviously, backyard barbecues. Check out their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, 
ShytownCornhole.com. You can also follow them on Instagram if you want to see these things. Uh, and you're a social media superstar like Adam Hogue. It's at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. Ding. All right, let's break this down. Yeah. Let's start I, on the defensive side of the football, too, because I think that's where it's even more dire, to be honest with you. Um, okay. So players that are locked in as starters, right? Yep. I now, think there's you have a three. difference between locked in, probable to be a starter, and the reality of whether or not they're actually playing like one now. Okay? So what I think it, you have three. On defense. Who, yeah, four. Okay. Who's your four? Let, let's hear them. So, so it's Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Johnson, That's Jack thing. Sanborn. Yeah. So, and, and this is where I get back to what I just said, because I think Jalen Johnson's locked in as a starter. I think the other three guys are probable. Of those three guys, to me, only one of them has actually played like somebody that should be not should be, but as as playing at that level that you're confident is going to be a starting caliber player for you next year, and that's Jack Sanborn. As much as I like Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker and do think that they're going to be good players, and I do keep telling myself it takes time. It takes time to learn eye discipline, to, to see the types of things that they need to see to develop those instincts. But at the same time, there's a difference between – having to learn those, and just sort of knowing how to do it. Jack Sanborn's just showing us before he got hurt that he just he just figures it out. It's impressive. I don't know how to ex- exactly explain it, especially for an undrafted guy. But the eye dis- lack of eye discipline we saw again from Jaquan Brisker yesterday, we saw it earlier in the season. Remember the Giants game? Yeah, with Daniel yeah, Jones twice, and the boots and over and over. I mean, this has been something that's been there all yeah. season. Let's not get twisted in the chat here. We're not saying, or Adam's not saying that they're not going to be started. It's probable. He's just saying whether or not they're locks, absolute it's locks. A lock, yeah, yeah. And Makes sense. I mean, uh, and to, to the Eddie Jackson point, why we're not mentioning Eddie, it's because of his health. I mean, most likely going to be fine. Uh, and there is also the. Well, they could save $11 million by not signing Eddie Jackson, which I don't think they'll do, but that's definitely a conversation or a thought that Ryan Poles is weighing, at least. But to me, this feels like father and son, Cat Stevens, with all the young guys. It's not time to make a change. Just relax. Take it easy. We were just <laughs> listening to Cat Stevens this morning at home. There you go. My daughter. You're still, you're still young. That's your fault. There's so much... You have to know. And that's really where we're at here with a lot of the Bears right now, including the quarterback on some level. So, Cat Stevens, father and son. It's great. And, but, and the, re- the, the reality is that they have so many other holes to fill that these guys probably are locks because you can't redo the whole damn roster. I mean, oh, well, we got 125 million. They could spend 125 million in five seconds with the, with the needs that they have if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah. We're probably going to need two linebackers. Potential safety, depending on what they do with Eddie Jackson, and potentially four new defensive linemen. I would keep Justin Jones at a nose tackle. I, I feel I feel decent about him really? playing nose. Uh, so so he, you put him at the nose, then you get a three tech. Okay. Exactly. But but and, and I agree with you. But they seem more interested in making him a defensive end right now. They're yeah, lining I, him up at end, and I'm like, well, I want to see him play nose. 
Yeah, I, I want to see that evaluation. Sometimes I'm just wondering, yeah, like, what's going on through their mind? Not being able to see Leatherwood at guard, just to, just to see, just to they're see, just, just to see what's going on. Yeah, and they're just dumb. That's them. it. That's it. They're just doubling. Yeah. He's not playing. Um, Valus Jones got like five snaps after his best game of the season. It's it's yeah. confusing. There's it, it, a it lot is of confusing th- about the yeah yeah. yeah. Like, there's just a lot of things you could point at the coaching staff yesterday that was extremely confusing. Is Chase Claypool healthy or is he not healthy? Because yeah. we we don't need to be like having him on a rep count. Oh, he was healthy. But here's the thing: he really wasn't in the second half. Right, he's like, so he wasn't healthy in the first half. He's, what you, but then he's suddenly healthy, in, healthy in the second. Right, makes no sense. <laughs> Valus, who, who of your receivers right now that's healthy, are you most interested in for next season? I want to see I, Harry a little more. I mean, he's flashed at times, okay. but we just that, haven't given that, enough that, reps. That's fine, but like Harry Pettis. Another third down drop for Pettis yesterday. Pringle, they're all the same. The only guy that I'm interested in seeing running routes and getting the ball thrown to him uh, is either A, Claypool, and B, Valus. You you telling me you can't find – we can't get Valus involved at all? So let's do the offensive side of the ball then, okay? All right. Fields, starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, Herbert. Cole Cole Komet. Herbert, obviously. I mean, either Herbert, Montgomery – I still think yeah, there's a chance Montgomery comes back, but it, it's solidified as a starting spot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the old line though? Braxton I, Jones potentially either either side. That's like the thing. We like could square him in. I, yeah. I, I think it's probable you need. We're looking at. F- it's huh? either three or four new starters. If you're assuming yeah. Braxton Jones is one of those guys, which I again I think that's probable. Tevin, I want him to be a starter, mm-hmm. but if you're the GM and you're you're going and I feel ba- I feel awful for Tevin Jenkins because the guy has been nothing but good this year. You love his attitude, love how he plays, love his film. It's the tenacity the Bears need, but at some point through two seasons, you've had back, hip, neck. And it's hard to stay on the field. Like I don't, I can't blame the general manager for having to at least bring competition in there, right? That's where a guy yeah. like Mustafer and or some form of whatever the next Michael Schofield is, you're going to have to have that there with Tevin. I think you're rolling the dice with with the Tevin's going to be healthy, but you got to have some good insurance. But it right. could, it could be it could be five new positions potentially depending on his neck and and how that goes, right? So so complete potential rebuild on the offensive line. Fair yeah. to say, maybe. And, and then wide receiver Darnell Mooney. Probable Chase Claypool, but what is he showed you that you're feeling great about that? The second round pick for him. Oh. When, when you go back and look at it too. A second round pick that could literally be like basically a number one. George Pickens. You, yeah. you, and when you, if you go and right. watch the Steelers and you watch George Pickens, it gets really annoying because that guy just looks awesome. So would you right now rather have George Pickens and yes. two second-round picks, mm-hmm. which you would have if you hadn't made that trade, or Jaquan Brisker, Chase Claypool, and only one second-round pick? Like, nobody's going with the... Nobody's going with the second option. No, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> no. Every, 
first round talent in the second round. It's a no brainer. Like it's a no brainer. Uh, well, no I don't know. Like I'm not, the comment by PDX, I don't trust Steelers wide receivers, especially Pickens. Like, hold on a second. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers not one of the best organizations in all of football? Aren't they in the playoffs every single year? Do we not think that uh, we're, we're talking about one of the elite coaches who knows how to get the most out of his players? Mike Tomlin is a, is a, is a kingpin of a dude that leading your organization. Do we not see what happened in, in Pittsburgh with a, a, a certain – wide receiver who once he left the building became a complete disaster, but somehow when he was in Pittsburgh, he had a near decade of, of solid performance. Did we really think that we were going to pick off a guy and chase Claypool and, and take him out of that organization? Be like, well, we get him in here. He's going to take off. I mean, that's a little bit of arrogance right there. It's, 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 it's yeah. not you, the, you want to be trading with the jets. You want to be trading with the Raiders, the Steelers, that gets a little dicey right there. And right now it looks like a big swing. They, they, in the they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They didn't want him there for a reason. So, and, and him, you know, freaking out on the sideline, it's, it's starting to make a little sense. You know what I mean? Um, Sorry, that's, can we go back to that last comment that was on the screen? That's a great way to put it. Uh, J2K said, Polls passed on Pickens only to use the same draft capital to trade for the guy Pickens replaced. Woof. Actually, and actually it's yeah. higher it's 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 even better draft capital because it's like going to be the first pick in the second round, right? If if yeah. you're if you're evaluating talent, right, and and we knew the need was wide receiver, right? Like, th- doesn't it seem like it just makes complete sense if you're like George Pickens? Hmm, this is a first round talent, right? Eh, there's some st- stuff here, but he's a first round talent. We can get him in the second round, right? A dynamic playmaker. Why not take a gamble on it, right? It's not like you're wasting a first round pick on it. Like, and, and, it, just, it just seems like a no-brainer to do that. And everybody, I assume I could speak for everybody on this one, no one is saying that Jaquan Brisker is not going to be a good player and all of that. This is not a shot at Brisker at all. This is more just an underlining of a much larger need that is that is hard to find. But at the same time, I also, th- I, I also think, like, Brisker's got to show more before we're locking him in there as, like, the next great bear safety. I, I've been so... You, you, you can't have... So many bad plays yesterday like that where he just takes a bad angle, doesn't even put himself in position to make the tackle, and then also the touchdown to the tight end, he just kind of left him. Like, I, 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 he bit on the fake, and he just sort of left him, and you can't do that. It's Again, it's the eye discipline. It's reading your keys. It's not there. That's what, that's what I didn't understand either because you have the tight end one-on-one List he goes down for a second and then all of a sudden pops out. That's the most simplest play. They've done that time and time again, Detroit all year. Like you should be knowing in that situation, in this formation. I knew it right away. I said they're gonna they're gonna do that. Block down the tight end, he's gonna go out in the flat. Because they've been running that play all year. I don't understand how he doesn't see that. Yeah. Right? You're obviously a run defender, but you're on the edge. So what are you worried about? You look at him, he's gonna tell you everything you need to know. And then, Corey, on the first touchdown, almost the exact opposite happened. If you watch Jalen Jones on that play, there it's a run play. He's covering one of the wide receivers that pins in and is blocking, and he's so slow yep. to realize the guy you're, you're covering is just blocking, man. <laughs> Pay attention. It's a run. And, and, yeah. and, and that's yeah. what I, I start to get worried about a little bit with the coaching staff 
Woot, which is like, I don't see enough improvement mm. with some of this, st- like reading your keys. And and I did like to me. Am, am I am I wrong on this? Isn't that something that like no, regardless of right. talent, you should be improving on as the season goes along? It, exactly. Like I, I feel like early on, right? You're going to make a couple mistakes as a rookie, um, but as the season goes on, you're not going to make the same mistake twice. Usually, I mean that's that's what every coach has said. Like, you know, I, I know normally like you know if you're if you're not making you're making these same mistakes, they're going to fill you with somebody else. I know they don't have the talent and the options to do that. So they're kind of putting them out there, letting them, you know, work their stuff out. But you shouldn't be having the same mistake, you know, four, five, six times. Jaquan Brisker on the one uh, running touchdown, same thing. He doesn't break down in time, kind of kind of puts his arm out on them. Like, break down and shoot at his leg. I don't understand. Like, that's just lack of effort at that point. That's what made me irritated. Because I'm like, hey, everybody's going to get got, you know, when they're coming down to break down and make a tackle. But he didn't even shoot at one of his legs. He kind of just flailed his arm out there and was so nonchalant with it. So that that's what rubbed me the wrong way. And then you make the play where the tight end goes out, eyes are in the backfield, looking like you, you know, looking like you're in high school on that situation. It just it just wasn't a good look. I I, I don't want to try to get into the to Traquan Brisker's head because that would be ridiculous. But if you go back to the preseason, I got so excited about this guy because he was hitting violent. And I'm like, whoa, we have a safety who can come up and hit. And if you think about his, what you just called, Woot, nonchalantness, and I, this dude's been concussed, it's a long season. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, is it possible that right now, perhaps with, uh, you know, everything that's happened with him, you know, missing some time and, 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 and dealing with some head stuff, is, is he a little gun shy, perhaps, at the end of the year, wanting to get his body right? I don't know, but possible it looks that way you know i i think people are very concerned obviously like you have to take concussions seriously and and with the brain brain trauma studies and everything it's real like people people get that so sometimes it becomes like a mental block especially knowing what they know now hey i got concussed oh no like i'm coming downhill and especially as a safety like the way he plays the game he plays it physical like he's kind of old school with his mentality and he didn't seem like that you know uh in, in a couple of plays i'm kind of like oh trying to try to avoid contact almost it seems like and maybe that's in the back of his mind because i think players are realizing like you know hey if i have another concussion then all of a sudden uh uh-oh you know they might shut me down and and things of that nature and i mean you can't think this way but am i really willing to blow up my body or blow somebody up risk another concussion at three and 13 i i don't know I mean, this is not the Super Bowl they're playing but in here. Dude, you're a rookie. They're yeah, evaluating you. Of course, of course. The, the, the coaching staff is preaching. We're trying to win. We're playing till the end of the game. You you, you got to have the mental fortitude to get over all that. Like I get it. I like. I, I'm not saying it's easy, but come on, we're talking about relatively simple plays here. We're not talking about yeah, but ba- he, bang bang like I got it. But he was. I mean, he was a violent performer. I'm early. with you. I, I, I'm more. And then you have Kyler Gordon not touching down the wide receiver. And I just shared this on Twitter earlier. Flus is literally on the field. Touch him. Touch him. Like, and and there's just a there's a disconnect right now to me that's a little concerning on the defensive side of the football. All these things. All these things we've talked about: hustle, intensity, takeaways, being situationally smart. I mean, they were 0 for 4 yesterday. Pretty consistently 0 for 4 in the hits principle all game long. That that's I don't care what the talent is. The whole point of that is to overcome the lack of talent. 
Well, and it's also it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, and we've been underlining it, and deservedly so. Flus has built a great culture. These guys are coming to play each week. They have hung in there. Five lost in a row, six lost in a row, seven lost in a row, eight lost in a row. Well, at nine, it didn't look good. And Flus said it himself. Yeah. You were, you were there. All right, real quick. I have an idea uh, I want to run by you. I think it, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it it's something that one of your teammates went through. I uh, want to run by you. It has to do with Chase Claypool, though. Um, but first, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is our go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. Uh, check it out. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Uh, it's really easy to do. You go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you place the same-game parlay, even click the button that helps you do it. Uh, and then you can buy multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the, your boost ends up being, and the bigger your shot to win big. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and you'll automatically get $150 in free bets if they do win the game. Only in DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Chicago, you've got the best coverage because you're a CHGO fan, but uh, you do want to get the best gear. How do you do it? You go to our friends at FOCO. They've got everything for you. Hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads are sweet. Winter time, although it feels like spring out there right now, but it's going to get cold again. We know this. Uh, get one of those hoodies that feel like you're, I mean, it'll be like summer when it's zero degrees out. They've got everything for you. The apparel is just incredible. The merch, the collectibles. Go to foco.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO, and you get 10% off. Thank you to our friends at Foco who want to hook you up. Lawrence. Uh, all right, we got some super chats to get Me? to. Oh, okay. Here, no, not no. I gotta. I run. I'm just teasing. We have some super chats before we get out of here, and we are in a little bit of a time crunch. Got got CHGO Cubs come up as well. But I want to run something by you real quick. Do you remember the end of the 2011 season? You guys went up to uh, Minnesota to end the year. You got a yep. got a dub. Lovey Smith benched Tim Jennings in that game. I don't know if you remember that, but Tim yep. Jennings. Um, who's obviously talented, and I don't necessarily off the top of my head remember all the things that were going on, um, but I ended up doing a radio show with Tim a few years later. Love the guy. He was a great teammate, and he has told he's told the story multiple times. He said it to me. He said it publicly. That benching was a huge reason why the following year he got so much better and ended up becoming a pretty damn good corner for the Chicago Bears for a few years. I think he had like seven interceptions the following year or something like that off the top of my head. No, he had ten. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that works for every player, but if you're Matt Eberflus, similar situation, you're getting nothing from Chase Claypool. I don't see much evidence that that's going to suddenly change this week against the Vikings. Do you consider making him a healthy and active just to kind of send a message going in the offseason? Dude, we we invested a second-round pick in you. We need better. You want a contract. You're going into a contract year. Any chance that that could work? 
Yeah, I, I think I think if they do, they have to talk to him about it. You can't just on, on game day say, hey, you have to talk to him about it during the week. Say, we haven't seen enough from you. We know you're a dynamic playmaker. We know you're explosive. You have all the tools. We haven't seen any of that, right? Your tantrum last week, can't do that, right? You talk to him like that and just say, hey, we're going to sit you down this week. We need you to get better this year. We need you to get better, right? We we gave up a second-round pick for you to, to, to be a huge part of this offense, right? We haven't seen it. We need to see that from you this offseason, okay? So, so come back next year ready to go. And it worked with Tim Jennings. Who knows with Claypool? It could go either way, right? But I know in that same game, I was inactive, right? I was banged up, injuries. Rod Marinelli was going around the room in our meetings before the game, and he's talking to everybody. He said in front of everybody, he goes, Woo, you got to get better. You, honestly, I didn't see anything from you this year. You had a great preseason. You had that knee injury. Then since then, you haven't done anything. You need to get better. You need to get a lot better, okay? You need to get better in front of everybody. And I was like, oh, I took that personally. And in the offseason, I'm working towards that. You know, Lovey Smith, right before the season, had told me, 2012 season, he said, listen, we need to see everything from you. You know, you had a great preseason camp, similar to last year. We need to see the growth from you. That's when, that's when I had a great season, you know, had seven sacks, ended up being a starter towards the end of the season. But for some people, like me, same thing in college. When Coach Fitz said that to me, uh, after a bad year, I had my best year when I had double-digit sacks. That works for me. That worked for Tim Jennings. It works for a lot of people. Hopefully, it could do the same for Chase Claypool because I think he has all the tools, but I think he has a little bit of an ego that's keeping uh, him from being where he could be. A quick follow-up on that. Tevin Jenkins, that's basically what happened this year. Yo, Tevin, uh, you're third string. Yeah, and then one day Chris Morgan's calling up, hey, Tevin, it's 7 o'clock at night or whatever it was. He called him up at home. Hey, dude. They're going to be trying you out at guard tomorrow. Just want to get you braced for that. And then he came in there like, all right, you MFers, uh, you want to see me at guard? I'll, <laughs> I'll show. I'll, Put I'll the chip show. on your shoulder. Right. You, know? yeah. uh, you want to prove to them that like, I'm, I, I, yeah. am, I, am, I, I am that dude. You know? I'll, I'll, I'll give you one off the board. Uh, a friend of mine who I know from the college basketball world playing in the NBA's name is Roderick Rhodes. Played for Kentucky. People might remember that name. Uh, but whatever, he's at Kentucky. He's a junior. He declares for the draft. There, he's not going to be a first round pick. He tells he tells uh, Patino, "Yo, dude, I'm I'm coming back." I'm like, no, well, if you are, you're, you're, you're coming off the bench because I recruited Ron Mercer, and and so <laughs> he tra- he's, so he, he's like, you should transfer basically. So the dude transfers. He goes out to USC, plays for George Ravley for a year. That whole year was on the beach training like, a, like an, an absolute lunatic because of what happened to him. And he got himself to the league. Didn't last long, but he got in the league because of that. It, I, I think what you're, what you're laying out is, is something that absolutely needs to be dangled. Oh, and the reason I bring it up more so than anything, I think, is the sideline tantrum that happened yesterday. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I, I, I feel Can't like, have it. I feel like it's an opportunity to send a message. And you might get more out of that than playing whatever reps he's going to get on Sunday against the Vikings. Yeah, know. and I think, too, Claypool's still a young guy. It's not like he's, you know, an eight, ten-year vet that's been a Pro Bowl caliber player that's, you know, that is a vet that you can't really talk to like that. He's still young. You can talk to him like that. So I I, I think it, it could be a good thing just to motivate him, you know, because I, mean, I think he's confident in his ability. I think his head is just getting in the way of where he could potentially be. 
I mean, I would, I, I might have a, I might have a sit down with him this week. Hey, yo, dude. Yeah, we traded a second round pick for you, but let me tell you something. That's one move in a zillion moves that we're making to try to do this. Are you going to get back on board? Because I want to see it this week. Because if you're not, I'll deal you for whatever I can get for you in the in the off season. But even even if they don't sit him this week or whatever, you need to have a meeting with him. The yeah, Luke Getzey, exactly. Uh, the wide receiver coach, and say, listen, we haven't seen enough from you. We need more. We need you to be an important part of this offense next year. So in this offseason, you really need to work at your stuff. You need to work on your route running. You need to work on your hands. You need to work on everything. And and it'll it'll put a fire up his ass. Like, he he has all the talent, right? I think it's just in between the ears at this point. Yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, get through your Super Chats, Lawrence, if you want to fire away on them. Would you like me to read? Sure. Okay, this is from Alex. Ten bucks. Thanks, Alex. He said, Fields has been one of the most electric players in the NFL for the last three months. For polls to give him a non-viable situation for him to mostly thrive and then move on would be malpractice. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone's really here talking about moving on, though. Well, but, but that's a conversation that I think we can have tomorrow or yeah, later in the week sure. about just what happens if they get that number one overall pick, which is on the table if uh, the Texans can beat the Colts and the Bears lose to the Vikings. What happens if you really like Bryce Young? Yeah, but I agree. I I, I do think there's some truth to the idea that did you really give your, even your own staff, the best opportunity to evaluate Fields this year with what he had? Like, I think that's a very valid, valid question and good super chat there from Alex. All right, what's next? All right, from McBaconator, five bucks. Thanks, sir. I think Braxton Jones has earned the right to be a starting tackle next year. He has earned a chance to bulk up and get better. He is just a rookie. I'm glad you read that one because there's no way I would have put that name together. Yeah, someone on another show <laughs> did the same thing. They're like, Mick. I'm like, it's Mick Baconator. Come on. Let's I, go. No chance I would have seen that. Um, but, yeah, I, I still like Braxton Jones. I like his attitude. I like that he owned up post game yesterday. Yep. And was right away like, I got to be better. My pad level is too high. Baby. Yeah, and, and I still like him a lot. But, yeah. And, and by the way – it, worst case, if if the worst case scenario with him is that he's a starting right tackle for you, that's fine. Still a win. Yeah, exactly. yeah. For a late round, for pick. a late round draft pick, that that's a win all day. He needs to get stronger either way. Whether he's playing left, right side, uh, he needs to get stronger this offseason. I think everybody knows that. All right, and finally from our Sean Payton superfan, Sang Ray, five dollars. Thank you. Uh, it'll be funny to watch. Justin Fields fanboys when Fields has all the help in the world and he still struggles to throw for 200 yards, they'll be blaming water the water boy before Justin Fields. Oh, saying Ray. Okay. Yeah. He on. sounds like a Justin Fields hater. <laughs> but now here's the real question. What if Sean Payton was his coach? Then would you oh. then would Yeesh. you feel differently? Then would he throw it? No, I I think Justin's gonna be just fine when he gets some help. And when he continues to develop, there's just there, – there's things he's got to get better at. And it's okay. And it's okay to point it out when he has a game like yesterday. Like, don't run out of bounds for a three-yard sack when yeah. you can have a fourth-and-goal situation. Yeah. I just, I just look at Jalen Hurts, man. Jalen Hurts last year, nobody was sold on him, right? And look, look, look what the transition he had from last year to this year and them putting all the pieces together for him. I think that says it all. If all the pieces are there, Justin Fields will, will, will be what, what Jalen Hurts is. I'm, I'm telling you. 
And I think he'll be better when it's all said and done if they put the pieces around him. All right. Super Bowl, 23, 24, 25, uh, 26. Yeah, the, sign me up. The 2023 Super Bowl is in like a month, so. Right, 24. Yeah, like 2025, 20, <laughs> something like but that. It, I think the Bears are eliminated but for this, that one. But this Super Bowl is considered 22, is it not? This yeah, is a, I, I know. Come on, man. Yeah, everyone says the 85 Bears. Super Bowl 85 Bears. So, yeah, Damn it. You're right. I got you. I got you. All Bears. right, uh, we're out of here. Corey, appreciate you. Good stuff yesterday. Great stuff today. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we'll see you in person next week, right? One more game? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll be right. there Sunday and Monday. But you All right. Go. Let's go. Can't wait. Corey Wooten back with us next and, week. And, and Wednesday night, we'll see you at Welsh Ryan for the Wildcats to kill Illinois. I'll see you there, Wooten. Big game. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I will not be there. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right Adam Carl. Hogue on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at the Carm, at Corey Wooten. Uh, make sure you check everything out at allchow.com. Become a diehard. Do it. Hang out with us more um, with exclusive content. And we got some exciting things coming up on the calendar very, very soon. So check it out. Become a diehard, allchow.com. Uh, the Cub Show is up next. Bear yeah. down. Good times. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon right here. CHO Bears podcast.